0: It's a new year. It's a new Svelte. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not yet. Not Svelte 4 yet. But uh, yeah. Hi, welcome everyone. It's uh, another episode of Svelte Radio with uh, the, re- the regular hosts, me, Sean and Anthony. What have you guys been up to since last time? Uh, just a lot of sleeping and
1: <laughs> relaxing during the holidays and then trying to remember how to work. Um, in January,
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> I really identify with that. I haven't been doing as much as I wanted to over over the holidays. Mostly eating food.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I uh, yeah, probably the same. Um, I've done fewer sleeping, and I think, yeah. I mean, I took a break. I took a break from Bianc like for for like how long was it? Like ten days maybe over Christmas, Oof. which is the longest I've ever stopped working on Bianc. And, How did it uh, feel? It's good. I, did, I didn't come back like full of energy and raring to go or anything like that. I thought I could do it in 10 days, but uh, I definitely came back feeling like I'm glad I took this 10 days and I don't know what I would have done otherwise, so so definitely like it's a good thing. I'm uh, strongly in favor of Christmas right now. <laughs>
0: yeah. it,
2: is, uh, if you're a travel company, is the holidays, um, isn't it more busy? Well, no. So, so travel company is a, is a kind of, um, <laughs> a very broad term. I would yeah. yeah, I would I would say that we're more like an experiences company and in the UK especially uh that's quite seasonal because people don't like to go outdoors when it's cold because it's cold, I guess. So we we're actually very active in summer and and a lot less active in winter, which means that I get to stay in the house and have like pasty white skin all the time because I'm really busy <laughs> in summer and can't leave the house.
0: <laughs> nice. Cool. So any, any other status updates I see you've got on here, Sean?
1: Oh, uh, actually, I don't know if this matters at all. Yeah, so during the winter break, or during the holiday break, I really wanted to get more practical experience with SwixKit. So I made my own starter template called SwixKit. And uh, people seem to like it a lot. Basically, I took one of the popular blog templates from Next.js from Lee Robinson and ported it to Svelte. And uh, it had all the opinions that I would want, but uh, also helped me to understand a few breaking changes in SvelteKit. And I think the main thing that I really struggled with was... I am very used to generating all my pages up front. That's the traditional static site generator mode. Um, And now switching everything, I think now the the new trend is that, you know, you want your pages to be dynamically generated on request so that uh, build times are lower. But uh, the the trade-off that comes with that is that you have to have your data available um, on request at all times. Um, And sometimes, for example, if you're reading the local file system, it's no longer there when... It's on request, and I right. struggled with that. I spent like three hours trying to debug this. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, what I have so far is available on Swakit uh, on sixkit and people can clone it and for their own starters, I think we just need more starters for people. So uh, it was a good experiment
0: for me. Yep, nice. Cool.
2: I um, yeah, I suppose you know if we talk about projects as well, the one little bit of computing I did over, over the holidays, because uh, I was on a train be- between families going up and down the country. Uh, <laughs> I bought some of these, um, little node MCU things, um, which is basically like a little tiny chip on a board and it costs about I don't know, like $2 or something. Uh, and I was trying to get like SvelteKit hosted on one so I could build little, you know, home automation things. I got a static site running and post it on Twitter, but people pointed out that it's basically just static hosting on a, on a, on a little machine, which is fair enough. You know, if you saw how hard it was to get up to that stage, then you'd understand. But yeah. um then I thought, well that's cool, like, why can't I run a proper node environment? It is called a node MCU. Anyway, it turns out node MCU is a misonimer, it's nothing to do with node, I mean it definitely isn't, but it can run a JavaScript like environment, but it's so low-powered that a lot of stuff you rely on, especially for Svelte just isn't there. I, I even struggled to get Polka running on it. So oh, wow. I think that probably it's a bit low-powered for that kind of stuff that you could get it running like a proper falcon app, but you'd have to write a very custom adapter with, with lots of shimming like we do for kind of Cloudflare and stuff. Uh you know, because a lot of the core stuff you rely on isn't isn't there. But it's fun. Uh it's really fun um to to play with these and you know you install one bit of software on your machine and deploy to
0: it. Is it is it just like a like a tiny version of something like a Raspberry Pi without all the bells and whistles it's, and stuff?
2: It's more like a tiny version of one of the chips on the Raspberry Pi. All right. <laughs> um, the, the reason I, I like this Node MCU one particularly, uh, it's called the ESP8266 actually. But the reason I like it is because normally when you're trying to program a chip like this, you have to have another Arduino in between which does like a serial port conversion. This has actually got it built in. So once you plug this into USB, you can just write directly to it from your machine, which saves a load of like steps and wiring and stuff like that. So... You know, if, if you're trying to get started, this might be a nice way to, to skip that intermediate step of configuring things that write to other things and having to configure that in between. So. Yeah.
0: It's always with the, like the configs and stuff. Mm. It's always the stuff that, that really stops you from actually doing stuff.
2: Well, it's a lot harder when you've actually got no, the only output from this is a serial port. There's no video output at all or anything like that. So you've got on this board one single LED and you have to derive all sorts of stuff from one LED. You know how slow it yeah. flashes. It's like Morse code, but again, it's part of the part of the challenge, right? It's two. It's two dollars, two quid. It's one pound sixty. Yeah, it's uh, that's, that's very crazy. very cheap.
0: All right, cool. So, uh, cool. so I guess we we can talk a bit about what's new in Svelte and SvelteKit. Yeah. Um, let's start with the Svelte Summit recap. Um, so Svelte Summit isn't actually over yet. Surprise! There's <laughs> one. There, there's one more event that's coming, but for now, you can actually watch all of the. It uh, looks like it's 22 talks on on the playlist, um, and it's got everything from testing in Svelte to WordPress and Svelte and Greenfield and Brownfield apps, um, PHP and Svelte. You've got all all kinds of fun stuff, so you should definitely check that out and there's also the Stockholm meetup happened and the London meetup as well as well as like a small mini edition these these all have like the talks that are in the playlist so you can just watch the playlist to to catch up on the on the talks that were showed on those uh, events yeah yeah that's it yeah. Uh, what is
1: what's the best way for people to find out about upcoming events
0: so for now it's probably this this felt discord so there's an event thing on there that you can check out. Okay. But in the near future, it's good, there's going to be a like an event list on the Svelte Society website, and that's that's going to be more up to date. So that will be announced as soon as it's available. Yeah. Gotcha. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then there's yeah, also probably. the the Svelte Sirens website if you want to watch Svelte Sirens talks. But we'll'll we'll go through that later
1: oh I should also say that I, I guess uh, me and Anthony had uh, met for the first time uh, mm. <laughs> at uh, salt Summit. Uh, we had a very nice dinner at the Thai place that rich liked but rich wasn't there <laughs> 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 and and then we, we all met up uh, the, the day after for salt summit and I think I thought it was uh,
0: it went really well on the New York City side yeah
2: yeah absolutely I didn't I couldn't remember whether it was We'd had a podcast since we met. Yeah, I,
0: ca- I can't remember either. I'm gonna. I am going to i Actually, so. gonna look because if we didn't, we have to talk about that, right?
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: it well, feels like I, we didn't. Yeah, I, 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 don't think so because
1: that's what I, That's what I was like, you know, saying about.
0: Yeah. Like we oh should wow.
1: Have a, what's up, yeah. So exactly. It's been a while. So
0: the last episode was actually November twelfth. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we were almost two months after. So, so let's <laughs> let's let's talk wow. about Svelte Summit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just feels like it happened a long time ago. So, yeah. So I, I guess the two of you didn't really experience the event live, uh, the same way I did, since you guys had to, like, there was a documentary being recorded, and they had, you had to turn off the sound, like the audio and stuff, all the time, right?
2: Well, was the I think- how's the watch party? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because you have a plan of going to this big conference, and you know you know it's going to be quite long, and you, you imagine how that will work. People sitting there for kind of four hours. You, you imagine sound sets, visual setups, stuff like that, running around organizing. I think it was fun, and because it was, you know, a lot of it was like meet and greet to start with, um, people that we'd been working with or or talked to for a very long time, and we'd never actually met them in person. I think then the next part of that was. Once we got all the visual setup and stuff, actually it's very hard to sit there and focus on something in a, in a large space. So a lot of our watching was done kind of afterwards, um, you know, when it wasn't live. Uh, and a lot of what we're doing there with people was was discussing ideas and talking and and socializing really. So it's a lot different to a conference, I guess, where you're not you're not necessarily running it. So yeah, it was it was it was definitely a different experience than, than I think you had watching it. Uh, I would say also like as always, and this is this happens again and again. The sound setup is never loud enough to to dr- drown out the excitement of people.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so Rich did what would you call it like the state of Svelte, the state yes. of something like that, showing like the the download numbers and some other stuff. I don't exactly remember what else he showed, but it was uh, pretty fun to watch.
2: Yeah, the two the two very much live talks that were that recorded there and then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As usual, the technical difficulties showed up during Svelte Summit. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: uh, my I think my reflection from from that is that we needed someone to be the bridge, uh, and it should not be me because I was trying to be MC plus AV guy yes yeah, like yeah. you know uh, someone watching the 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 talk in, in making sure that we're available when you need us yeah hopefully we'll we'll take those learnings yeah for for the stockholm event yeah yeah so you know
2: i guess so i guess i guess that's a use for sponsorship money right is to hire an mc who isn't isn't actually interested in svelte at all or anything technical that they just manage sound and and visuals uh because that because they're, they're not distracted right yeah yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah that, I, I think that'll make a huge difference for sure yeah yeah so yeah so the um, event was was a lot of fun like a lot of people liked it um a lot of people watched it Um the talks were great um yeah i guess that that pretty much sums it up uh we had <laughs> some uh some uh difficult uh technical issues with me forgetting to to turn on my mic a couple of times <sighs> that was so bad uh
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, for me, um, what I what I really enjoyed seeing the most was after the event, uh, people really coming to life. Um, and I think that's the point of holding events. Um, you know, you can have Svelte Society on Twitter and Discord, but it's always a low energy background, always on thing. But you need all these spikes in the community for people to realize like, okay, there, there are a lot of people interested and I can find uh, my, my group's um, so yeah, I, I really like seeing like London having having a meetup, uh, S- Stockholm having a meetup, uh, and then S- the Sirens really getting together because all the three leaders at the the Sirens groups, three or four, I actually we'll have them on <laughs> uh, exactly yeah um, they 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 were at Sval Summit and it was it was just like a really nice thing so like now they're now they're really bonded because they, they've they all met and, and talked to each
2: other yeah well they've not yeah. all met but they've mostly met all oh, right working, yeah, on, working on the last bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was supposed to go to the london meetup but um covid you know all rona yeah <laughs> it's getting old now anyway the, th-
2: the thing is that the L- london meetup as well um because the the place we held it at hadn't really been open since the first Svelte meetup in terms of like for running conferences and stuff, they'd taken down all the infrastructure and they put it up again in in kind of a rush. So the sound definitely wasn't there. There was various audio and visual issues. Um, So we're going to have actually a meeting with them uh, in the next few days just to to figure out like what would be our ideal setup there. We have multiple venues to run it in and some of them are better than others uh, in terms of like their setup. Um, but we also like to support these venues because obviously the one we ran it in last time was a bar and that bar obviously struggles every time there's a lockdown it really struggles um and it's a friend of mine's bar and i know how hard it is for them to keep running and it's a really nice bar so i do like to try and hold it there sometimes um so hopefully that'll mean that we have then a better number of of free venues that are good to to host things in and and so yeah that that's the goal with that one because i think it's um yeah, it was it was definitely problematic, and I, I wasn't there at the start, unfortunately, to to talk to the right people and stuff. So,
0: yeah. Well, again, you live, you learn, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so let's get into some some Svelte stuff, some actual Svelte stuff. What's uh, so what's what's actually new in in Svelte? Anyone uh, wanna chime in?
2: Well, the what the, I guess the the most. Poignant one maybe is this is this Rich uh, interview with Vercel about Rust and and things like that. So Vercel is is a company that's really doubled down on Rust. Apparently they 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 kind of all in on Rust. Um, and obviously Svelte is written in JavaScript as as you might imagine. I haven't heard this interview. I I kind of I've seen the after chat uh, in the in a maintainers channel and I think that Rust is really it's an interesting one because obviously it's. It's kind of where a lot of JavaScript tooling is going for a variety of reasons, but and it, and it solves a lot of problems that you find that TypeScript obviously attempts to solve and things as well, but it comes with a lot of caveats too. So one really obvious one being that no one actually knows Rust. It sounds and like and a if you write, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and if you write something in Rust that was previously in JavaScript, you do kind of put up a barrier for new contributors because you then are looking at a pool of basically Rust contributors because it's quite a different language um yeah i don't know has anyone got any other opinions on on rust and js tooling
0: no i don't none at I all don't know. no <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> well i mean does so so i guess the 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 reason to rewrite it in rust would be to speed it up is that the
2: which is a weird one because it's not slow yeah you know, compilation has never been a bottleneck for svelte um
0: especially since you do it beforehand right
2: yeah, well, exactly. It is, and, it you know, I've never seen an application that takes ages to compile Svelte. I mean, it's its usually like a few seconds if that, you know, okay. might, be, might be milliseconds, who knows? And I think the other thing is, that, of course, you know, you get a proficiency in a language when you use it enough. And one of the joys of JavaScript for me is that I'm using it on the back end and the front end, and if I contribute to Svelte, I'm using it for the compiler and, and tooling as well. If you then do something in rust you might learn rust you might be able to build a compiler in it whatever but will you be as proficient in rust as you will in JavaScript uh, If not how long will that take? how many mistakes will you make how much how bad is it gonna get uh, to the point where you need to start from scratch and rewrite it because you've made some horrendous architectural decisions that were like you know great in JavaScript but suck for rust and stuff like that I think there's a it's a huge decision um, if you are writing something from scratch, you know, with the view that it's a new product, sure, maybe, but I think if you were writing something that already exists, it's it's a difficult one to to, to choose. Yeah, I, I feel like it's
1: just um, like I'm not yet convinced. Um, basically, I think it's the the more important layer is the build tool layer, and Svelte kind of lives atop of the build tool layer. So as as long as that build tool layer is fast, I don't really need Svelte to be even faster. Like we 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 should try to. I guess prototype this to really get some numbers on that, but um, yeah, like like Anthony said, it's
2: fast enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's my hunch as well. But I have no no experience at all with Rust, so I wouldn't. Yeah. Know. I don't.
2: I don't even know that it's fast enough. I, I think it's just fast, like fast well, enough. Right. Would say that so yeah, they, it's good enough. No. But it's actually fast. It's, <laughs>
0: right. it's such a quick process; it doesn't
2: need optimization.
0: <laughs> it's all about the
1: framing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. perhaps the other the other piece of news items that we can that was discussed in this article uh on the new stack was that he's considering adopting more of a motion like a framer motion or react motion mindset oh uh yeah so he, he says uh over here um you know he's been he's been admiring uh, Framework Motion and React because uh, it does animated layouts, and he thinks that frameworks should treat that stuff as its domain, so you can uh, yeah. uh, do some really nice UI design. So uh, I actually haven't played. I mean, I've I've looked at some of the demos of of Motion, but I haven't really needed it yet. So uh, it will be interesting to have it first party in Svelte. I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Like the the transitions and animation stuff in Svelte could probably use a bit of a. Of like a like an update, I guess it's uh it'd be cool if there was. It's already pretty good, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it can always get better. That's what I guess what I'm saying. Cool. All right. Yep. Um,
1: Next up, I put in and, I put in a link another link here for uh, Rich and Amelia Wattenberger talking Svelte on JS Party. Um, it, it's a more of a general conversation so uh just for people who catch up on and who like podcasts like this is another podcast where you can listen to more Svelte stuff
0: yeah who doesn't like Svelte you know (laughs) all right so then there's this uh rising stars thing um yeah
1: um so as far as I understand this they only track like the increase in stars over the, the 2021 and so apparently Svelte came in number three I think actually it's a pretty interesting metric of um like you know where people like the relative growth like this is actually probably more uh reflective of the online conversation around adoption um so it's it's not it's not like the base level of adoption it's like the different differences in adoption and probably this ranking is interesting because uh react is first but view and svelte are not far behind and um and when yeah. we uh, are well ahead of Angular, which is probably yeah. true.
0: Yeah, that, that's at, at least it feels like that. I don't know how how it actually is in inside of like huge enterprise companies. I guess they don't really care about liking stuff on GitHub. Maybe they do. I don't know. It's
2: interesting to see where Solid is on this list as well, because Solid is kind of bubbling under the surface for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of it's kind of on on lists, which is interesting. Um
0: I, I think they they had a re release of some kind, right?
2: Yeah, it, it got a it got a rewrite. And I think it was a little bit different than than the original yeah. Solid, I suppose. But I mean the the thing about Solid is it's kind of a bit of a bridge between React and, and people who like JSX, which is a lot of React people uh, and Svelte, because it's kind of sits somewhere kind of in the middle, which yeah. is interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't like JSX, though. So. No,
2: I hate <laughs> it. I, I, I do absolutely hate it. But, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that it has got quite a following. So if you if you were to take Svelte and stick JSX on it, I think you'd end up with something a bit like Solid. I think Ryan will kill me for saying that because it's obviously very nuanced. But, you know, from my outsider perspective, having never really used Solid that much, that's kind of what it looks like.
0: Yep. Yeah, same. That's that's what it, what it looks like to me as well. All right. So next up, we have a we have a recap recap of uh, the Svelte language tools from uh, none other than uh, Doomdy Doom or Simon. Uh, he's the he's the main guy on uh, on on the language tools, right? Um, yeah he he
1: didn't he didn't used to be that active on Twitter, I think. But uh, you know, I guess over twenty twenty one, he uh, started being more public about his work, and I think it's really nice to feature uh, the work that's been going on because people just uh, kind of take it for granted, but uh, the tooling is getting better, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's everything from the prettier to type checking to like uh, generics. Like, uh, there's a lot of TypeScript stuff, but I think some new people who are new to Svelte get the impression that Svelte is so heavily into TypeScript when actually no, it's just uh, it's just sort of optional language
0: tooling. Yeah, and he does a lot of work as well. He he seems to be a bit of a machine. He's like
2: a, yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's also like, you know, we see him working on language tools and stuff, but actually he's really active in kind of everything. In the maintenance channel for example, he's he's you know, always busy helping out with uh the various bits of bobs that come up with Vite and stuff like that. So, beat beat, one day I'll get it right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, absolutely that the the, out, the external is is just a a small subsection of um all the stuff he does.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh this one's yours, the next one's
0: <laughs> the big one. The big really one. big one. I think most people like the, the Svelte REPL, right? It's a it's a key feature of Svelte, almost.
2: Yes. yes. And
0: uh, you haven't been able to delete REPLs or search REPLs, but now you can. It's amazing. Uh, and if you haven't tried it out, you should try it out. And you should delete your old crappy REPLs that you've <laughs> accidentally saved and that that have been lying around for years.
2: Yeah. So I, I forget the exact reasoning behind this, but um, I believe we've changed the underlying stack for the REPL as well as part of the migration to SvelteKit. kit.
1: Oh, what is it um, on?
2: Well, that, that's about I don't know. Um, I know that it was on something like Mirror maybe or something. Uh, the whole thing that underpins the REPL is quite heavy, but it's, it's moved to something a little more lightweight, I think. There's been, I think one of the things that triggered this has been a lot of discussions around Stack Blitz. Because the REPL is great for Svelte on its own. But obviously a lot of our focus now is on SvelteKit, Kit, and SvelteKit being the thing that you build Svelte apps with. Uh, even if you're just building a little knobby little component, the view would be that you're building it in SvelteKit Kit and then and then running a command which creates a library from it. With a view to the, the old templates kind of moving out of the way and SvelteKit being the entry point. So that poses a problem because you can't run that stuff in the browser, at least currently. StackBlitz goes a little bit of the way towards, well, a lot of the way towards that. So you've got web containers. So everything, even the Node environment runs inside your browser. It's kind of like Docker in your browser, which is amazing, which means you can run a full stack app. You can run SvelteKit. So the only holdup really with with StackBlitz, one thing, I guess, being that it is like a, a VC funded kind of company and for, to rely on a company is quite an investment of, of various things. Um, you know, to move from something that's open and, and built by ourselves as well. But the other thing is, I think it only works with Chrome right now because the web container standard is kind of being generated by you know, in the Chrome world and by Chrome. So I think that there will be work to try to get SvelteKit running the browser somehow, um, whether Blitz or web containers becomes part of that, I don't know. But I think all of this stuff has triggered a point where we've gone, well, you know, the... The Repl great, but is it a bit clunky now? And does it need some some love?
0: Yeah, the Repl is uh, is pretty nice. I like it. There was a yeah. there was actually a uh, suggestion yesterday about writing a Vite plugin that makes it so you can import components from the Repl.
2: Wow, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of That'd it. Cool. it re- yeah, right. It reminds me a bit about like the the Dino way of doing things. You just like insert a URL right that's how it works yeah
2: there's also skypack where we're doing things i suppose as well skypack is dead i think no no snowpack's dead skypack's not dead oh sorry. Right? snowpack is dead yes yeah sky skypack is like the the thing where CDN. you pull npm modules from a, a uh right a cloud type thing not not a, a, a centralized repo something like something like that, i don't know um, yeah so So. anyway the, the REPL is getting a bit of an overhaul it has had a bit of an overhaul it's getting more uh, but I mean I build a lot of my components in the REPL still I, I definitely do yeah. use it as, every day as a, as a thing especially even you know people will crack open code pen and stuff and start writing but Compared to the Svelte REPL, Codepen is slow for me, so I just use a REPL for everything.
1: Yeah, I, I use the Svelte REPL to test HTML. Like, yeah, yeah same. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't even I don't CSS. actually even need Svelte. Uh, <laughs> I just like chuck it in yeah. there because no. it's so much faster than Codepen. Exactly. Um, exactly. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, the for me, I'm the I'm most excited when we can add social features to Svelte REPLs. Um, I think that yep. we could effectively turn the Svelte REPL page into the de facto component library for anything Svelte. And imagine if we didn't have to split it between Svelte Society and uh the, the Svelte Repo page like people can just discover what they need and pull it off of there yeah so that's
0: yeah, yeah that's my dream and sp- especially with a like a plugin that the less you just import it from from that the one Repo. I'm,
1: I'm actually I don't care about so much because I it, it just copy paste like it's not that big problem. yeah I suppose <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the great thing about Svelte you can you know you can copy paste an entire single file component and it has everything that it needs
2: i think i think one thing that might hold that back slightly of course is the fact that the the repl doesn't use github gists anymore yeah gists oh i ah oh, terrible at pronunciation today yeah <laughs> um so, so you you know we're paying for infrastructure for that which isn't you know, the end of the world but it's you know we've got a sponsorship for that reason but if you try and make it very social work on every site then you you Racking up quite a bill then,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: people will pay that. I, I, I yeah, for sure. I, I think it's they not will, that yeah.
0: expensive. Yeah, storage. Yeah, is cheap. I think they will. Should be workable. Cool. All right.
1: Uh, well, the next item is going to be quick because none of us has tried this. But uh, yeah. there's a <laughs> there's a port of Remix in Tisfeld called SvMix, uh, <laughs> and people have are most entertained with the
2: name. <laughs>
1: yeah, isn't and isn't the
2: website Remix is nice as well. Like. I thought Remix was supposed to be language agnostic.
0: I think it probably is. Probably they, not yeah, yet. Yeah.
2: They, they have
1: uh, hinted that they might be uh, basically like, the, you know, it's, it's a, uh, so for those who don't know, like Remix is kind of Michael Jackson and Ryan Florence's attempt at taking React Router and taking, turning it into a full stack framework. And uh, their focus is very much on, uh, rendering on demand, and then also doing a lot, doing a few things that Next.js doesn't do for the React community, for example, like nested layouts, which uh, Scott Zalinski has, has been uh, very vocal about. It seems at, at initial glance that Remix is very focused on React because all two of the founders plus uh, Ken does work there, and they're very, very heavily React. But uh, they've been dropping hints that they're going to be framework agnostic. So I think probably the first framework they're going to tackle is Felt.
2: Yeah. That'd be cool. They should have called it Reemtify. What? It's like Routify? Remix is like Routify, right? It's a it's a it's a router that that I, is a framework. So therefore, it should be called reamtify. I might talk to Ken and see if he wants to change name. No, yeah, no, no, you're not you're not allowed to name things ever again. Oh. Reemtify. <laughs>
0: that's, that's that's Ream-t- a ream-tify. Ream-tify
2: yeah. Run. Hang on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so I, I can actually talk a bit about like how this works. Yeah. So you know how in SvelteKit you have to usually proxy your uh, fetches, so you you can't just like stick everything in the load function because it will be exposed to the to the client. Uh, so the way this works is they have a vite plugin that basically takes a script tag and you write your your backend code in there, and it just auto generates the load function for you, so you get it automatically set up in your uh in in your routes basically and it generates the endpoint as well that you need for for that it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. It's, it's actually very very nice so you can just write i guess it's i guess it's just like in remix you can you can talk to your database and stuff like that and it won't be exposed to the to the client
2: so a bit like meteor then as well um like didn't meteor do this
0: i'm i'm sure it did but did it didn't meteor also have like a weird well it wasn't weird i guess but just a just more of a interactive way of handling data between server and client
2: yeah it, it did it it didn't have like a like a restful kind of focus it was something like more like i don't know what like web sockets i don't know how it worked but Gotcha. I remember you writing the uh, server code yeah, in it. Yeah, I
1: remember that. It, essentially it was like um you had a local clone of your server inside of right. your client side application, and then Meteor would handle the syncing between client and server. So it's pretty Lovely. smart because you never need to write optimistic updates, like it just does it on its on its own for the most part. And that's a really nice experience, but it does add a bit to the JavaScript weight. Um, and I yeah. think people had problems with everything in the media stack being proprietary, including the package manager.
0: So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Yeah. That's, well, Swemix is uh, something to check out at least. Uh, seems pretty cool.
1: Uh, I guess the, the next time I move this up because like this this is probably more sort of philosophically aligned with uh, the, the other stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, so Rich launched Svelte Cubed at uh, Svelte Summit, and you know I think people have been playing around with it. I had to go learn Three JS a little bit before I could really understand Svelte Cubed, and basically Svelte Cubed is declarative Three JS. Uh, and people have been doing nice demos. I think uh, this expanse one I hadn't seen but maybe you can talk about it Kev.
0: Yeah, so so the expanse is if you haven't heard it it's a uh it's a TV adaptation of, of uh, a couple of books. I haven't read them but I've watched the show. I really like the show. Uh, and uh this guy Alex made a uh yeah, I guess he used Svelte cube and a 3D model of the Rosinante. That's the that's the ship, the, like the the main character's ship in the show, I guess you could say. And he he's done he's added like a Earth in there and Mars and uh, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool actually. So you should definitely check that out. There's a whole thread on Twitter.
1: Yeah, he made some notes as to like what this felt cubed really do for you. Over and above just normal Three JS, so you know, obviously it turns it declarative. I think that's a very standard feature of Three JS uh, framework. I think React Three Fiber also does the same thing. It builds in responsiveness. It does drop in orbit controls that just work, and then on demand or constant animation loop. Um, so basically, like I think. It's pretty funny. Like, you, there's no animation loop in JS. You have to kind of build it yourself, and that's silly. Like, you might as well just yeah <laughs> have one as part of the framework.
0: <laughs> for sure.
1: Cool. All right. That was a good demo.
0: Yep. For sure. And then there's also uh, the newsletter is out. the The monthly newsletter uh, that Daniel writes. It's on the Svelte yeah. blog as usual.
1: Yeah, we should have for him on. Time. Actually, I, I don't think we've ever talked to him. But yeah, we have we do have a Substack for people who don't know. And uh, but it's also on the Svelte blog. Um, yeah. Anything anything uh, big here? Uh, I I don't really um like there's there's just a bunch of feature updates.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So I'm still speaking of uh, feature updates. Or no, I'll I'll wait with this. I'll take it after <laughs> they we talk about the the newsletter i i don't think there's anything in particular uh i think oh yeah so the syntax guys scott and wes did a uh how to do things in svelte episode mm. so that's pretty interesting to people to listen to though i guess if they're listening to this podcast they're probably also listening to syntax so they already know this but for any of you who not don't. necessarily
1: <laughs> i actually had to uh like I, I had to trim my podcast list and syntax got cut no. oh no <laughs>
0: oh no
2: that's uh oh. unfortunate. so
0: so you have too many podcasts you listen to too I guess. many
2: podcasts
1: <laughs> too many podcasts um
0: yeah.
1: but no i i listen every now and then whenever it's uh convenient because like like the big ones you hear about the really popular episodes on twitter anyway yeah that's so true. i don't i don't need to tune into every single one
0: yep that makes sense yeah, so I guess we could talk a bit about Svelte Headless UI because I know a lot of people like Tailwind, and uh, so this is a headless UI port, I guess, or implementation. I'm not sure exactly what what you'd call it. Yeah, it's a port. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so basically, lets you use Headless UI in Svelte in a I I suppose a nice way. Like developer yeah, I mean, experience nice
1: for me it's not it's not just about the s- developer experience it's, a, it's about someone who knows what they're doing taking care of the accessibility stuff for you mm. and not being too opinionated on styling which is I think the right level of, ext- of extraction like uh, most people they just want very commodified components like give me a button give me a modal whatever um, yep. and just handle like, the accessibility for me but I, I control the content and how it looks that's fine. That's a that's a really good contract between end developer and the framework or library author.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, probably very nice for for like teams that are developing design systems using Tailwind, I guess. They don't have to really care about the the access, accessibility stuff.
1: No, I I'm very happy that this uh, project exists.
0: All right. Cool. So, Anthony, do you have any secret Items from the maintainers meetings that you can I mean, they're definitely share. not
2: secrets. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just looking through the list now. I would say that things that are of interest would be... and There's a number of discussions around uh, style directives uh, and Svelte element, which are certainly things that have had mm. a lot of debate. I think the other things that are quite, quite interesting are uh, the white space discussions. So these have been going, for, going on for quite a long time. So uh, what's that? Well... So, so white space has always been a point of contention because how how is it best handled? Where should it and should it not appear? Um, so there's talk about white space in between elements, uh, white space at the start end of logic blocks, um, and the m space and en space. I don't know what en space is, but essentially there's actually a discrepancy I think between SSR and CSR, which is you know server side rendering and client side rendering. And it's one of the reasons that, that uh, RavDefy went with uh, JSDOM to render oh, their right. SSR because the, the white space is actually slightly different between those two rendering methods. And I hmm. think there's always been a view to, to fixing that. I don't know why it's not been done earlier, but, but now I think there's enough people are talking about it that, that we need to kind of fix it somehow. Um, so it's a discussion around how to handle white space, where white space should appear... Because don't forget, it's generated output. It's not really important unless it affects rendering. And, and in modern browsers, white space doesn't generally affect rendering. But I think it, it does have enough of an impact that, that needs to be sorted out. So there'll be a discussion around what to do with it, what issues are raised on it, what PRs could fix, various bits. And also you know not trying to break everything in the process. Because if you're removing white space, it does affect rendering. That is a breaking change, obviously. Right. Um, I think there's discussion around newer technologies such as uh, resize observers. We're in a position now in a, in the browser kind of landscape where we can start using these things. So it's a matter of moving towards using these rather than using kind of old outdated techniques for compatibility. What else is there? Makes sense. Svelte config definition. So again, it's never been a, a formal thing. We absorbed the best bits of what we saw in the community anyway. I think it's always been a view to formalize it so that it, compatibility gets better between different uh, frameworks and also people who are mil- building a new thing that uses config know where to put their custom stuff. There's also a discussion of some new team members, which obviously I won't mention who, but some more people have have caught the attention of uh, of us and uh, Ooh, we'll be asked if nice. they if they want to join the, the core or become ambassadors and stuff like that. That's fun. That's
0: that's nice. Yeah, cool.
2: There's a bunch of stuff that's you know it's nice because now we have this uh, we have rich full time on this stuff and we're not completely waiting for contention of people having. Jobs where they've got spare time, I mean, we we we're actually able to kind of progress with these things a bit faster than we used to, which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, it's, so that's actually something I've I've noticed. Like the amount of work that's been done since Rich started working full time on at Vercel. it's it's definitely increased a lot. Like you can you can see it in the in the repos as well, in the number of commits, yeah. the number of.
2: I mean, I think it's given a lot of confidence to people, so we're getting more contributions, but. I think also there was never a problem with like with Rich's output per se because he's a machine, right? He, he can spend a little bit of time doing a lot. But I think what happened, of course, is because generally decisions end up at Rich because it kind of is mm. is his thing, right? And it, it's the world to say the world right now. You've you've got this, you know, COVID, you've got all these crazy things going on, and you know he's working in news. <laughs> Those two things are going to absorb all your time and, and really reduce the amount of time you've got to. To work yeah. on on stuff like felt, so yeah, it definitely removes a kind of, I'd say, a bottleneck that we have. Um, so it definitely helps with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. From from the stuff that you mentioned, I think the the things that I'm mostly looking forward to is the the style directive and the yes. So that's that's like the class colon thing, but for styles. I, I we should I like that. And there's yeah. there are also PRs for this already, right? That's fair.
2: there are yeah. A, a lot of these things are. What do we do about these PRs? Are we happy with them? You know, Do they need to be changed? etc., etc. et cetera. Some things are still just issues, but usually when an issue gets to the point where we discuss it, there's already a PR by somebody. It might be somebody who's kind of run away, run away with it without really discu- you know, discussion, and it might be the wrong the wrong way to do it, and we might have to go back to them and say, look, how about this instead? Uh, but sometimes it's just like, do we merge, do we not merge? End of. Actually, one thing that I should mention that's, that's interesting is smaller and faster compiler output having Ooh. just said that we're you know that I personally at least am really happy with the, the speed of the compiler it's interesting someone's done that this isn't like convert to Rust or anything this is this is just uh, improvements to existing compilers so actually I'll I'll, I'll um this is issue 3898 3898 Three, eight, eight, eight. Eight. so it might be worth a read for some people just Three, for fun eight, oh it's nine, Rich eight. raised it interesting about four years ago <laughs> <laughs>
0: four years ago yeah that's interesting i was actually
2: defending
1: so svelte was on hacker news uh like about two days ago and people were raising the point about how uh svelte's overhead and all that you know if if it starts to really pile up if you have a lot of components and then i had to go give the give them the research on like okay but yeah but it takes a lot of components to get there and you'll never get there because of code, code splitting uh, Name an so application that does this. <laughs> something, something that is more
2: svelte <laughs> in its output would be better as well. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what this actually involves, but there's, there's a few little metrics here. I mean, uh, the, the size for me is, is, it's a few kilobytes difference, right? It's, it's not like game changing, but hey, it's an optimization, and why not?
0: It's going to save a lot of trees, you know. <laughs>
2: uh, hopefully yeah. If it you know it builds up that that's that's very true.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, um, I, I have a, so I um well two two things from Anthony's um uh, monologue there uh, <laughs> uh so uh, there is a svelte ambassadors group and that, that is something that's also new in the past uh, one or two months and that's basically the svelte society people plus svelte uh maintainers coordinating more uh unofficially i don't i don't know if we have a goal or like a special i, I think handshake it's, it's or just <laughs> badge i think we need think a special just... handshake
0: yeah for for sure for sure something that forms like two s's or something for svelte society yeah i don't know i I think it's Um, just for like highlighting people that are in 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 the community yeah
1: well also i think uh you know we 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 get more spammers uh we get just all sorts of community issues that are going to be cropping up as felt grows so i think it's a necessary thing um, yeah. The second part is, is a fun parsing story. White space. Um, so, did you know? You know, when you do SQL, right? Like, select star from. Did you know the white around star is optional?
2: Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't, but it shouldn't. I be. Guess it kind of makes sense. <laughs>
1: so yeah, it, basically, like if you work in a parser and you're doing you're parsing, you know, letter by letter, and then you when you when you find something to tokenize then you consume it and you don't actually need white space and the white space is only there for readability this is one thing i learned i just learned
2: so oh, wow I, I relate to white space discussions for compiler people <laughs> so white space around a control character like a star perhaps but obviously you'd need it around other letters stuff. yeah yeah yeah,
0: huh. yeah cool. so fun fact so is th- is there a is there a reason why you'd want to skip the white space no. <laughs> no. <Just> a, <laughs> All right. OK. Just a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> just to
1: show off your, your knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the, uh, uh, the thread that I found it on, uh, they were discussing like, OK, yeah, but it doesn't like sometimes the the keyword in SQL spans two words, like insert from or I, I forget what the example was. Um, mm. So obviously, white space does matter there because it's two words. Anyway, it's a fun fact. Hmm.
0: <laughs> all right so i guess we we can talk a bit about Svelte society you have two things up here sean
1: oh yeah just quick uh, notes for people if anyone listening is in dublin um svelte dublin is up for adoption the person who started it uh can no longer carry on with it so uh get in touch with them and we put the link in the show notes and so portugal i think Porfiro is signing people up they're trying to return to in-person meetings, uh, in-person meetups. So I just want, want to give a highlight to these local communities because uh, the magic of in-person is always helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Damn COVID.
2: <laughs>
0: it does really throw wrenches in gears. It does As you could say. <laughs> yeah. All right. So other news in Svelte Society. So the website is being rebuilt with the... And there's going to be a lot of cool features on there. Yeah, we're moving to a CMS-based system, so instead of having just the GitHub stuff, it's it's going to be a lot easier to handle like all the components and all of the starter templates and all of all of that stuff that's currently just sitting in like huge JSON files. Um, so that that's going to be nice. Which uh, uh, which CMS are you using? So I haven't decided yet, but. I'm looking at a few different ones. So Supabase is one that I'm looking at. Uh, Directus is another. It seems pretty nice. Um, Yeah,
1: very impressive, actually. So I had a chat with Ben Ben from Directus, and they seem very low profile, but they've been doing this for something ridiculous, like 10 years, and uh, they've built out a lot of functionality. (laughs) Yeah, it it does look really nice. (laughs) I would actually categorize them as more of like a UI layer for Postgres than... Mm-hmm. A CMS, yeah, but they they can be used as a CMS.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not so so the people that are going to handle the the CMS are going to be technical anyway, so it should be fine even if if something is a bit odd. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we'll have a we'll we'll split it up into two parts. We'll have the the community side, and then we'll have the resources side, pretty much. Um, so that's that's gonna be fun, and I think people are gonna like it.
1: Yeah, um, and you know, I think uh, for those who don't know, Kev went full time, and he's oh, yeah. sort of looking for support. And I guess whatever, yeah, plug plug your stuff. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, I think it's very encouraging for Svelte Society that you know we can hopefully make this more of a well maintained effort rather than a side project of everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess this should be a. This should have been like a main topic thing probably (laughs) i mean you know when you say
1: svelte society like that is that is it right you know you're managing the community and uh growing the central resources that hopefully other people can use um that's that's part of it you know that yeah
0: uh, yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it (laughs) and then there's also sirens yeah yeah svelte sirens they're doing a lot of events Brittany, i think has been She's she's done amazing job an amazing job here with the website and uh, also like I think she's organized a, a lot of the the events and stuff. Um, so they're they've already run a couple of uh, small live streams on the Svelte Society YouTube channel. Oh, that's something to check out as well. Uh, the Svelte, Svelte Society YouTube channel. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so they've done a couple of talks there. One on Routify and another one. I don't exactly remember. could have been a design system one, but it's you, sh- you should check them out anyway. And there are a couple of upcoming ones. So one about using adapters in SvelteKit and another one about animating with Svelte.
1: Overall, I'm really enjoying, like the Sirens initiative was always like a bit, um, I wasn't sure how it would turn out, but like you have good people running it. Plus, like I think the Discord channel actually is coming more live as well. So I'm really enjoying seeing that happen
0: yeah yeah definitely something to check out if you're interested Um, cool all right so i guess that that's it for topics or do you guys have any that's it for topics that's it for topics all right so uh unpopular opinions let's hear it (laughs) anthony
2: oh yeah so i mean i i love cryptocurrency right i love the i love blockchain i i like proof of stake i don't believe in proof of work because i think that I like the environment more. But I just want to say that NFTs are crap and they need to die off as soon as possible. Uh, I think that the current notion of NFTs, which is stupid pictures of monkeys, no one cares. It's not art. It's not impressive. No one cares if you collect them or not. It's just a matter of rubbish. Um, but what I would say is uh, that NFT, the concept of NFT, has been used in the real world for quite a long time uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, by galleries in Mayfair, they've been actually putting uh, art provenance of real artworks on the blockchain way before you know yeah. the whole notion of a, an ERC token, which creates NFTs, existed. So it is a real thing; it has a real use case. But what we call NFTs now, anything you look up that says NFT is absolute horse crap <laughs> and should be should be duly ignored. Uh, and it, it's an unpopular opinion, but I think that anyone sane will uh, will go with it.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, so did you actually know that NFTs were a thing way, 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 way back, like in in Bitcoin? So so they like the the cur- so sorry, uh, so the current implement so the current um, what would you call like the the current Web three NFT thing you know with the the apes and all of that stuff?
2: Well, it's a, it's a theory, really, isn't it? It's
0: yeah, but theory. so so this was already a thing on the Bitcoin blockchain. Like yeah. there there was a thing called uh, rare Pepe's. Uh, which was popular back in like 2013, I think, where you could just like have a rare Pepe wallet, and uh, you could own like Pepe images. Basically, it's pretty, pretty dorky. But, yeah. Was that before?
2: Or it after sounds equally like cri- as rubbish Kitties. as the current NFTs. To be honest,
0: yeah. sorry, CryptoKitties.
2: Was that before or after
1: CryptoKitties? Because that—that's my. before for sure
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so this is this is like way way back might it might actually even have been before ethereum was released so it's yeah built on top of uh, the i think it was counterparty Uh, anyway we could we should probably do a a, an episode on on cryptocurrencies we'd get into yeah yeah Yeah. i'm (laughs) I'm probably like the least involved out of all of us
1: Uh, but i'm also interested in learning more and since you have strong opinions we can do a whole episode on it Oh, yeah, I have,
2: I have nothing against Web three. I have nothing against NFT, like the technology, the ERC token that underpins it. What I have a problem with is pictures of monkeys uh, <laughs> or or like bears or any other rubbish that people are claiming is is somehow valuable because it's not. What do you think about huh? everybody putting their name .eth on their Twitter? <laughs> it's just a bit annoying, isn't it? Really, it's a yeah, it's little annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I agree. But they're right. they're cool.
2: <laughs> sure it's, they're not right. uh, the main no, names I don't. Cool, I know, right? the I know but that's,
0: that's that's what that's what they're trying to to like message out to the to their followers
2: anyway I'm, I'm gonna put anthony.com about that <laughs> even though I don't own it I'm just gonna put it on there
0: <laughs> all right .net. so uh I'll do my uh, I'll do my unpopular opinion I, I usually don't have one but this this one is is very important to me to me and uh yeah, so it's actually that Safari is the best browser. It's better than Chrome. <laughs> it's better than Firefox. And you know why? Because there's amazing color support in Safari. If you've ever been to the <laughs> Svelte Summit website, which I hope you guys have been to, and you try try it on the Mac and you try the Safari browser and then you try it in Firefox, for example, or Chrome, you'll actually see a huge difference in like the the actual color that's used. Yeah, What t- is this t- color t- space t- called? So, so the color space. So there, there's a, a, function in CSS called color, uh, which is only supported in Safari for now, and it allows you to use a wider color gamut, so you can you can see more colors in Safari, yeah. in the Safari browser. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the I think the Svelte Summit one uses DCI P3, which is, which is pretty much the, what the MacBooks and the iPhones support at, at the moment.
2: Yeah. Because, because who cares if, like, grid doesn't render properly and Flexbox doesn't render properly and you can't see elements and they collapse and overlap because the colors look good. Uh, yeah, uh, really well, important stuff there. You know,
0: <laughs> who's right there, though? Is the grid actually rendering correctly or is it incorrect? I mean,
2: there's literally a standard that it could <laughs> adhere to if it wants to, yeah, if it fancies it. it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm skeptical. Anyway, okay.
2: I'll, uh, I'll write all my thoughts down. and I'll make sure they all they all render terribly in Safari, and you can read through them. It just <laughs> needs Only to display Apple, good color.
1: Apple. Apple.com has to look good. That's that's me. Yeah, and also yeah. The, the the Chrome the Chrome download page as long as that works. That's that's what does, it is needs it, to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
2: <laughs> does it remind you of any other browsers? Just uh, take off chance. But, you
0: know. I actually. So I I recently. Uh, installed Linux on my workstation and so I'm using Firefox there which is a bummer and I it doesn't look like Safari you know so I oh, themed no. it to look like Safari good it's amazing
2: good. yeah i bet yeah <laughs> you know you know you can actually run Safari on Linux right
0: yeah but it, it's it's not the real Safari right it's the Tiffany yeah it's she just Tiffany a web implementation yeah
2: yeah but it but it's it's basically safari it's it's webkit edge it's it's, as close as you're it's closer than anything else i think
0: i wonder if there's color color support in that
2: Mm. oh gosh oh i hope so oh all right uh yeah mine's a quick one
1: i wrote something about turbo repo and uh uh you know that's another Versal acquisition that came alongside uh with uh with uh, Rich Harris and a bunch of other people that have joined for sale recently. And I, I, I've been converted to the monorepo religion. I think people, people have been talking about its benefits for years. The problem with monorepos is that the tooling hasn't been there, but I think the tooling is coming there and the investment is coming into the monorepos community. And I think that's, Going to make it grow because finally someone is actually making tooling that is accessible to everyone else. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities to convert more stuff to monorepos. I'm starting out new projects with monorepos. And uh, I, I think it makes sense. Like, you want to build dependencies. It, you know, you want to co-locate dependencies and you want to build them uh, alongside each other. So it even opens the question of, like, you know, does felt have a monorepo someday or does felt already have a monorepo in, in some sense? Like a lot of people basically, like, start evolving them internally and and then, like, there's always, like, the big refactor into a monorepo at some point. <laughs> I think that I mean, will be this year.
2: You say, does felt have a monorepo? You mean, you mean like... Um... Svelte Publishing itself.
1: multiple packages. Yeah. Svelte does, right? Like that's that's how you publish a bunch of plugins. And oh stuff. yeah,
2: you, kit, kit uses a PMPM, yeah.
1: But like um, you know, Svelte Cubes is a separate repo, uh Svelte right, Kit is a separate right, right. repo, Svelte language tools separate repo. Like what if we need to ship features across all of them or like uh, you know s- stuff like that, you know.
2: Yeah, I think it's about logical grouping, I think that's probably the hardest part about um these things, yeah. So um so yeah, I, th- I think it's actually really. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I I I was off Monorepos for a long time because of the tooling wasn't there. Learner didn't really do it for me at all, but um, PMPM is is has really changed it for me. I haven't tried Turbo obviously, but could be good in the future. PMPM and change sets is kind of what I envisaged Monorepos to be before it existed. Uh, it's what what I wanted before I even knew I wanted it. I guess basically committing code to a bunch of repositories. Adding a metadata file uh, using a, a CLI command and having a pull request opened. That once you merge, it does the rest of the workflow for you. It updates, it tags, it pushes to uh, npm, etc. That's amazing. Like I really, really like it. So if Turbo can do the same stuff, then amazing. I'm all in.
0: Nice. I don't. I know close to nothing about monorepos. I need to get into it. Or er, the, the don't Dot.
2: Well, they're, they're like one page long. They are. Oh. It's. You can cool. learn it pretty quick, and it's it's really nice.
0: Nice. All right. I guess we're on uh, we're on picks. Yes. I'll, should I go first? Yeah. Should. What is what All is right.
1: fat washing? What is this? Yeah.
0: So it sounds disgusting, right? It sounds yep. weird, at least. So fat washing. So over over the holidays, I've been so I've been heavily into drinking cocktails over the holidays. Fair enough. I haven't drunk a lot of them, but just uh, just like the idea of like mixing cocktails is is one that appeals to me. Yeah. So I've been getting into this new thing uh, called fat washing. Well, I guess it's not new, but it's new to me. And it basically involves you get some kind of fat or oil or something, and then you mix it with a spirit. So for example, I did a browned butter combined with a rum. So you take um, maybe one one fourth brown butter and the rest from, and then you shake it up and you let it sit for a couple of hours and then you. Uh, so the problem there is you need to separate it, right? So you do it by you free you freeze it, and so the fat just freezes and then once it's frozen, you just take out the fat and you're left with this the spirit that has a taste of whatever oil you put in it. So the rum that i made tastes of brown butter which is pretty cool mm. um and i over the holidays i did a, a couple of weird ones so i i tried my hand at doing a uh a blue cheese um like gin which which was not it was not good don't that's don't interesting do it.
2: I've, I've seen someone selling that so it's interesting you say that
0: oh maybe i just failed then <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so so you could do it with all kinds of stuff i did a gin with olive oil a gin with avocado oil um there was some i read someone had made like a like a carbonara gin so they took the like guanciale like the like the pig's cheek thing that you have in carbonara and like rendered the fat and put that into into a gin that's pretty weird anyway yep
2: uh i'll go go next then uh man i like fat washing i didn't know it was called that but yeah that's that's, i like it too (laughs) um (laughs) So my pick is uh, I bought my wife for Christmas uh, an Oculus. It was not a present that I expected uh, to be buying and it's not one that I thought I needed until I went to my friend's house and spent 4 minutes playing with one and I was immediately sold. Um so yeah, the, the Oculus is 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 mind-blowing literally it's it's just it's it's so good. Um it's so good in fact that when she unwrapped it she spent half an hour admiring the update screen whilst it installed updates uh just literally watching a dialogue uh it, it, you know it's, it's wow. that good because it, it's in 3d space it's in the you know in this virtual world that is cool and yeah we you know we, we're playing around with it playing various games and experiences and you can do like roller coaster rides and it's just incredible it's just a really nice thing to use um is it so, yeah. is it worth getting one yes and, and it's worth getting one and also you know relative to what you might imagine it might cost they're quite cheap um mm-hmm. It's a shame that now Facebook have bought them, um, but you know, sale of well, that's it happens, doesn't it? But it's uh, it's a great product. I really like it.
1: Yeah, I think apparently they were one of the most popular gifts, holiday gifts, over last year because they went to the top of the app store. Like you can tell how well ah. they're doing in sales because <laughs> they have, you have to download an app alongside
2: it, and yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> top the app store. It's it's worth actually mentioning that it can be used without a computer. That's one of the big interesting things yeah. about it a lot of the previous ones you need to connect to something or you need standalone cameras in a room to see where you are this has the cameras built in and it has you don't need a computer you can use a computer you don't need one and what that means is you've got this very uh, standalone headset you just put on and, and play
1: very cool did i tell you about the yes. time that i got very into vr uh in 2016 yep. and i bought a htc vive and i built my own pc and i rented a Apartment with wow. a separate room just for the vibe.
2: <laughs> wow, you really were to be out
1: full stack. No, because like I thought, I was gonna, I was thinking about making it my thing, right? Um, yeah, and uh, like it was cool, especially playing like the early games. Rec room is really good, but uh, yeah, the 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 just the sheer amount of equipment that you need, and you get yeah. fatigue from wearing the, these things too much. I don't think I'm a believer in. That people are going to live in like the Ready Player One type of world uh, for long periods of time. Yeah. No, so uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, I think uh, it, would, it would never bet against technology. Like you know, in fifty years, this will be a lot smaller and a lot uh, yeah. better in terms of the rendering quality. So little uh, takes time. Would be
2: cool. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Google Glass.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Okay, well, mine, mine will be a quick one just because it's not very unpopular. I got myself an iPhone 13 and it's the fastest phone I've ever had and no regrets. And I even went for the big one. Like I used to be scared of like very large form factors because like, you know, you can't reach the whole surface area. I've given up on that. Like the, the phone is for reading. <laughs> so you want as big of a screen as possible. As long as it can fit in your pocket, it's fine. So iPhone 13 Pro Max um, has has just done it for me. It's uh, It just feels a lot faster than my previous uh, iPhone. And this also marks a transition for me because I was experimenting with Android for a bit. And uh, I realized that just the sheer amount of apps that are iPhone only has forced me to be on iPhone.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. and And also it's got the world's worst browser, like, embedded and forced upon us as well. best browser. So it's actually you good. You can have the true Kev experience and, and no way to opt exactly. out of it.
0: Just need to, to focus on the right yeah. things, Anthony.
2: <laughs> the colors. It's exactly. the colors. The, yeah, the colors are exactly. really good. Mm-hmm. Really vibrant.
0: Don't yeah. you like it, though, when, when, it, when the colors really pop? No.
2: <laughs> actually, I might put it blue no. white.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: so my take on the on the experimental of Android and then going back to iPhone uh, is that uh, I I think iOS has the best OS, but the worst browser, uh, but not not as good <laughs> of a browser. Whereas Android has the best browser um, because it's really tightly integrated. Like I've never had such a smooth experience with passwords and history and, and all that going from desktop to mobile. Um, but they don't have as good of an operating system. That's yeah. Uh, that's the trade-off, really. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, On it. that note, I guess uh, we're done. Cool. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll uh, talk in the next one. I guess. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.